Hallelujah. All right, so we're continuing on with this um, journey through the book of Yahshua or Joshua, which is the journey into the promised land, a journey into the kingdom of Elohim. It's a story of fear, faith, courage, struggles, and miracles. Amen. You know, Yah wants us to study this book of Joshua this time from the, in, from the individual perspective of Joshua being the son of Nun. No means to sprout forth. That, so he's, he wants us to study this book from Joshua being the son that's been re-sprouted. That is the born, born again, a man in whom is the Ruach HaKodesh. So we're talking about a spiritually reborn man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I don't think none of that got on, on YouTube. us to study the book of Joshua from the individual perspective of Joshua being the son of Nun. Nun means to re-sprout. So this is a picture of the son that has re-sprouted or been born again. A man in whom the Ruach HaKodesh, you know, so it speaks to to that individual who has been fathered from above, you know, and is called into the kingdom of Elohim. Collectively, we're speaking of those who have went through their wilderness experience and have endured its tests and trials by holding on to Elohim, which is the very definition of Israel. You know, they have borne the whoredom of their parents and forefathers, yet they have their old man, that is their flesh man, and his lust broken down, humbled and deadened. As a result, they are no longer fleshly or worldly, but are now reborn spiritually via the water and the Ruach HaKodesh. Within the book of Joshua, we can expect to learn the plan of Elohim concerning the body of Yahushua, that is his ecclesia, and those born-again believers that make up spiritual Israel. We'll learn how they are to, re -enter, they are to, re um, they are to enter into the kingdom of Elohim, what to expect once in, as well as how to proceed once in. Another perspective we'll be exploring is that of the land. And the inhabitants of the land. You know, how the land of Canaan speak to the kingdom of Elohim within you. And how its inhabitants and relate to the remnants of the fallen angels, demons, devils, uh, and other unclean spirits. And many other things which currently inhabit the land inherited by the born-again believer. You know, when you father from above, you, you become a spiritual being. That spiritual being inhabits, well, not inhabits, inhabits, but yet also inherits a type of land. That type of land is your flesh body, and there's all types of things that's within your your um, fleshly um, and carnal nature that act as enemies, you know, to this to this uh, newborn spiritual spiritual man, this one that's fathered from above. Amen. Amen. You know, so once then, you know, the borders of the land depict. The kingdom of Elohim within us. You know, um, its entrance is the Jordan River. You know, so this is how we enter in. We have to go through the Jordan. The pricking of our hearts, which in turn is a picture of repentance, make up the southern border and is depicted geographically by the wilderness of Zen. Having a white heart, i.e., a heart of righteousness, that that is, um, Stubborn and stupid to the customs and gods of the peoples within the land is what makes up its northern border and is depicted geographically by Lebanon. Abundant fruitfulness makes up the kingdom's eastern border and is depicted geographically by the great river Euphrates. History is our great sea of memories. You know, and it make up this, um, the western border of the kingdom and is depicted geographically by the great sea. The land itself speaks to our fleshly or carnal nature and its inhabitants, which are symbolized by the Hittites, um, who name me terrorizers, along with their societies, their kings, their priests, their idols, their gods, speak to all the threats um, that are, uh, all the threats of those without Yahuwah Elohim, you know, um, all those threats that they have erected within us. You know, so we left off last week, you know, 
in Joshua chapter 1. And we left off with verse 11. So today we're going to pick it up with verse 12. So can I have my first reader read Joshua 1, 12 through 16, please. And to the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to the half-tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word that Moshe, the servant of Yahuwah, commanded you, saying, Yahuwah your Elohim hath given you rest and hath given you this, uh, given this land. Your wives and your little ones and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moshe gave you on this side of Jordan, but ye shall pass before your brethren armed all the mighty men of valor and help them until Yahuwah hath given your brethren rest as he hath given you. And they also have possessed the land which Yahuwah, your Elohim, giveth them. Then you shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moshe, Yahuwah's servant, gave you on this side of Jordan toward the sunrising. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. And whatsoever thou sendest us, whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. Hallelujah. You know, um, first thing I want to point out, you know, is uh, the Reubenites, Gadites, and Manasseh. You know, Reubenites speaks, uh, mean behold sons, and the Gadites speaks to book fortune. Manasseh speaks to uh, to cause to forget. You know, could y'all could could y'all be giving us a message in this? Could he be saying to the sons of Elohim, those who are fathered from above? That good fortune causes one to forget him. Yeah. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. You know, this is an admonition for the rich or comfortable to secure their families, but then obligate themselves to helping their brethren, not forgetting God's grace. Remember uh, the definition of grace. Never forget the uh, the ancient definition of grace. You know, grace uh, is. A reciprocal system of favors. Yah has done the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the uh, Manassites a favor in allowing them to possess the land prior to York. You know, nevertheless, you know, they need to reciprocate this favor by going on before their brethren and also helping them possess the land Yahuwah has given them. Can you see that? Yeah. You know, and so, you know, we see, you know, the grace go forth. Another thing I want to mention, I want to make mention of, you know, um, uncoincidentally, we just got finished reading about the army of Yah. Right. You know, and I know sis didn't know I was going to say this before she started singing that song. You know, <laughs> but nevertheless, like, what you see here with Israel about to enter in, entering into the promised land, entering into the kingdom of Elohim, what you're seeing here is an army of Yah. Their army of Yah. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Because this army of Yah is about to go to war as soon as they cross over the Jordan, right? Right. You know, now, two things should stand out. First of all, when your father from above, you know, which is what they represent, born again, they have to go into the kingdom as what? Soldiers. Besides soldiers. If you just was born again, you're a what? A child. Can you see that this is a depiction of an army of children? Can you see that? If all these, if all these people represents those who were born again, those who were fathered from above, and Yahshua said, "Except you become as a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom." Then this has to be an army of little children. Can you see that? Little children are totally dependent upon their parents, right? That's right. You know, now, I want you to be able to see this because, you know, here it is. We have this army of little children. 
you know, or likened unto little children that's going in to go to war. Who decides to go to war? When wars happen, the king, absolutely, the kings and the heads of states, they are the ones who declare war. Amen? You know, so if Yah is our king, he's the one that has declared war. Those Canaanites wasn't coming across the Jordan messing with Israel, were they? Israel came through the Jordan to get at them. At the command of their king. Yah had declared war on the Canaanites. Can you see that? And he was sending his people in there to disinherit them. That's important to see because when you when you see the parallel of them representing the born again believer, even as as we hope to be born again believers, right? Then you have to know that it's likewise for us that we have to enter into this war as a little child. When you're a little child, you know, you are totally dependent upon your parent, you know, so you better listen up. You better pay close attention. You know, because if you get out of line, it could kill you. The enemy is waiting. Right? It's a war. You know, but I want people to be able to see this dynamic. I want people to be able to see, you know, this perspective. You know, we're not fighting our own war. We're fighting Yah's war. See, because it's the kings and the heads of states that declare war. But it's the common folk that fight the war. Am I lying? That's how it works, right? You know, so understand that we're going to war. We are in the army of Yah. And it behooves us to remain as children. You know, and that, that becomes really important later. But that's about far as we're going to go with it right now. <laughs> Verses 17 and 18 of Joshua 1 goes on to say, According as we hearken unto Moshe in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only Yahuwah thy Elohim be with thee as he was with Moshe. Like, hey, you know, you 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 taking Moshe his place, but we, you know, we gonna we gonna follow you. We gonna listen to everything you say, but y'all better be with you like he was with Moshe. You know, because there's giants in this land. We gonna, we gonna need some help. You know, verse eighteen goes on to say, "Whosoever he be that doeth rebel against thy commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him." He shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. You know, now this is very important. This is very important. This is a very important topic. Because like, you know, until I nail down this concept that we're about to get into, we can't really go forward. You know, because, you know, what we're to gain out of this book of Joshua is how it is for us to enter into the kingdom of Elohim. You know, and... The Brick Kadashah, the New Testament writings are all about the kingdom of Elohim. Amen? It's all about the gospel. The kingdom is at hand and getting into that kingdom, right? You know, now, but first the natural, then the spiritual. So the way it was is the way it shall be because y'all tell us the end from the beginning. Amen? You know, so we, we need to understand some things because it's commonly taught or presented or um, made as if the people in Yah's army are anarchists. Yes, absolutely. You know, most people of the faith don't think that they have no no leader outside of Yah. And that's not true. You know, it doesn't work like that. You know, Yah did not 
make an army of anarchists. You know, you may be children, you know, but you all have leaders. You all have babysitters, if you would. <laughs> Hello? Alright, so... I want, I want you to be able to see that and I want you to be able to see who they are. Matthew Yahoo 16, 18 and 19, you know, speaks to those leaders, that commanding body, you know, that Joshua represents, even the ecclesia, you know, translated as church in, in, in the KJB. It says, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, my ecclesia, and the gates of H-E devil hockey sticks shall not prevail against it. Yeah. it goes, he goes on to say, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and, who, and whatsoever Thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You know, and concerning the church, Luke 10, 16, you know, Yahshua says, He that hear of you, hear of me. And he that despiseth you, despiseth me. He that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. Can't you see he's talking about the hierarchy, the governmental structure, you know, of his kingdom. You know, he says, those that hear his disciples, hear his ecclesia, hear him. They're in the place of him. Say, when you despise them, you despise him. And when you despise him, you despise him that sent him, even the heavenly father. Matthew Yahoo 10.40 goes on to say, he that receiveth you, receiveth me. He that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. You know, so those that receive his ecclesia, receive him. Those that receive the ones that he put in place over his children, receive him. Matthew Yahoo 18, 18, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You know, so I pray that you can see that the ecclesia that's likened unto Joshua, you know, is like unto Joshua, where he said, Unto thy words and all that thou commandest him, he shall, um, if one doesn't hearken unto, unto his words and all that, that he commands them, he shall be put to death. You know, this is not a light thing. You know, you have to adhere to those whom Yah put in place over his people. You have to adhere to his ecclesia. I pray, pray that you can see that. Here's an example. Um, it's found in Acts chapter 5, 1 through 5. My next reader, please. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to Ruach HaGadash mm. and to keep back part of the price of the, of the land whilst it remaineth, it, while it remaineth, was it not thy own? Mm -hmm. And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart. Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto Elohim. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came over all them that had heard these things. Hallelujah. And so here it is, we see a picture, you know, um, of, of Peter, 
you know, who was the head of the ecclesia, you know. So I pray that you can see that Peter, you know, and Yah's ecclesia, which he headed, um, via the Ruach HaKodesh, were the authority of Elohim on earth after the death of Yahshua. So this is after the death of Yahshua, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so this is Ananias and Sapphira trying to become a part of the ecclesia. You know, nevertheless, you know, they tried to scam their way in or cheat their way in. And you can't do it like that. You know, Peter being the head of the ecclesia, he's the one speaking. Hence, you know, it was Peter who was to be the head. Hence, he was given the keys to the kingdom, i.e. the authority to bind one into the, into the kingdom or loose via the ecclesia's receptance. Um, to bind one into the kingdom via the ecclesia's receptance or loose one from the kingdom via the ecclesia's rejection. So, you know, those who came into the kingdom, like um, we, we read about, it was like 3,000 the first time, you know, they bound into the kingdom of, of, um, of Elohim. You know, the kingdom of heaven, they bound in 3,000. But here it is, we see with Ananias and Sapphira, we see that they are being rejected from the kingdom, you know, for lying unto, unto the, um, whom they thought were men. But we're actually Ruach HaKadosh, you know. And so I pray that you can see that even as it was said about Joshua, if you don't hearken unto him in, in, in all that he says, that, you know, you will be put to death. You know, that's certainly, you know, capable of happening, even as we see here. They actually tried to cheat their way into the king, um, the ecclesia of the kingdom, you know. And so they paid the ultimate price with their lives. Now this is the true meaning behind binding and loosing. You know, the story of Ananias and Sapphira serves as an example, you know, of folks being permanently loosed from the kingdom for trying to cheat their way in. Not understanding that it wasn't about the money, but the heart. You know, this is why, you know, it's, it's being said, you know, they, um, you know, Peter's telling them, you know, while it remained, was it not thine own? <coughs> After it was so, it was still in your own power. You didn't have to lie about it. Mm -hmm. right. You know, you could have done whatever you wanted with it. It was yours. Right. You know, you just couldn't become one of us, you know, while, while, um, while it was in your possession. But you can do whatever you want with it. Mm -hmm. You know, said, so why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? You know. You didn't lie under, under us. You lied to Yah. You know, and they paid the ultimate price. Because it wasn't about the money. It was about the heart, and their heart wasn't right. You know, can you see that? You know, and so here it is. Peter and the ecclesia loosed them from the kingdom of Elohim. You know, and that's an example of binding and loosing. You know, we're going to take a look at another example. It's found in... 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 7. My next reader, please. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as it is not so, so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife, and ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he hath, that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from you for I verily as absent in the body but present in Ruach have judged already as though I was present concerning him that have so done this deed in the name of our Adonai Yahushua Messiah when ye are gathered together in my Ruach with the power of our Adonai Yahushua Messiah to deliver such and one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the Ruach may be saved in the, in the day of the Adonai Yahushua. Your glorifying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaven the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Messiah, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. 
Hallelujah. Okay, so there's a problem in the in the assembly. You know, it's reported that fornication is amongst them. You know, and and a really wicked fornication. You know, and it gets it gets to Apostle Paul, and and so he passes judgment, and he says to deliver one unto Satan for the destruction of his flesh. You know, take note that he says that this um, that he that done this deed might be taken away from among you. He's telling them to loose them. He's loosing them out of the kingdom. He's telling them to loose them, get them away. You know, deliver them in, unto Satan. Purge them out. You know, as if he was um, old leaven. You know, that's like something the old man would do. That's not like something one father from, from above would do. Amen? You know, so get that leaven, that sin. That old leaven, that old sin, get it out. You know, because a little leaven of the whole lump. You know, so that you might be a new lump as ye are unleavened. You know, understand that Satan is the god of this physical physical world. But Yah is El of his spiritual kingdom. Satan is the god of this physical world, but Yah is the El of his spiritual kingdom. Therefore, to be loosed from the spiritual kingdom of Elohim is to be delivered into one of the physical kingdoms of this world whose God is Satan. This is why Apostle Paul say deliver such a one unto Satan. Because once he's put out of the kingdom of Elohim, i.e. put out of the assembly of Elohim, he's immediately in one of the kingdoms of the world. And Satan is the El or the God of all those kingdoms. And Yah Elohim is only the El of his kingdom. So Anywhere outside of his kingdom is Satan's realm. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. yes. And this is why Apostle Paul says what he says. Remember, Yahushua is like unto Moshe, and Joshua, Moshe's disciple, unto Yah's disciples. It's like unto Yah's disciples. That is his ecclesia. And Joshua, and like Joshua, the ecclesia is in charge. And this is how Apostle Paul had the authority. To pass judgment and have them to do these things, you follow me? You know, you know. I bring this out because you know this is binding and loosing, and you know, and unfortunately, some folks, you know, got zealous with the term binding and loosing and began to use it in ways that doesn't align with scripture. You know, they they want to bind and loose, you know, everything, you know, and. You know, unfortunately, that is just not what scripture depicts. You never see um, scriptural examples of binding and loosing, you know, uh, spirits, for instance, you know, and, and for exorcisms and things of this nature. That is not found in scripture. But what is found in scripture is the binding and loosing of would-be citizens of the kingdom. You know, remember the binding and loosing was in conjunction with the keys to the kingdom. What does keys do? They open the door and they close the door. They open the door to let folks in and they close the door and lock it to keep folks out. Amen? You know, so this is what binding and loosing is speaking to. It's speaking to those keys to the kingdom, those keys to the door to let someone into the kingdom and let someone out of the kingdom. Or put someone out of the kingdom, I should say. You know, now we're going to take a, a look at an example those were two examples of loosing, but we're going to look at an example of one being bound, you know, and it's found in 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 13, and it actually speaks to the same wicked man that was fornicating that Apostle Paul told the Corinthians to put out, you know, now he's going to have them rebind them, bind them back in. He says, verses 9 through 13 says, I wrote unto you an epistle not to, to um, company with fornicators. Now, this is a really crucial section of scripture. You know, um, be, and I say this because so many people get, get, they get tripped up in this area. They get tripped up in this area, you know, because um, of what Yahshua said. You know, Yahshua said, judge not that ye not be judged. You know, for as ye judge, so shall, um, ye, so shall ye be judged. 
you know, and yes, but y'all was talking, you have to consider the context, you know, and so like Apostle Paul clears this up very beautifully in this passage. It says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world. See, and this is why I treat, I, I be trying to tell people, and you know, and it's hard for them to, to, to see, but I try to tell people, like, you know, like some people want to help the poor, you know, but I try to tell them there's two types of poor people in the world. You know, there, there's the poor people of the kingdoms of this world, and there's the poor people of the kingdom of Elohim. Which one are you trying to help? You know, you have, you have two types of enemies in this world. You have the types of enemies that's your, your enemy in the kingdom of Elohim. You know, because don't think everybody in the kingdom like you. They don't. You know, and you have the, uh, the type of enemies that's in the kingdoms of this world. And I always use uh, David as an example. You know, his arch enemy was King Saul. Following him around trying to kill him. Y'all delivered him into his hands more on more than one occasion. But David refused to touch him. Because he was Yah's anointed. He refused to touch him. And not only because he was Yah's anointed, but also because he loved him. Because he, he was like a father to him. He was even his father-in-law. He had a covenant with his best friend was his son. His daughter was his wife. He loved the man. And he refused to put hands on him. Even though he was trying to kill him. Can't you see he loved his enemy? But that's one type of enemy. That's the type of enemy in the kingdom. When it came to those Philistines. When it came to those Hittites. When it came to those Gergeshites, when it came to all the Jebusites and all the other ites, he slaughtered them mercifully. Oh, mercilessly. Merciless. Sorry. I got to calm down. <laughs> Power going out and everything. <laughs> you know, I get a little excited sometimes. The word gets, gets, gets me excited. Sorry. You know. <laughs> Good projector, don't don't go out. <laughs> All right, so you know, but yeah, David slaughtered those en enemies mercilessly. Right. You know, he didn't have any mercy, any remorse, right? Mm -hmm. So I pray that you can see that there's two types of peoples, because there's two types of kingdoms. There's the kingdom of Elohim, and there are the kingdoms of this world. Now, this is what Paul is talking about. He says in verse ten, he says. Yet not all together with the fornicators of this world. So he said, I told you not to company with fornicators. But I'm not talking about the fornicators of this world. Or with the covetous or with the extortioners or with the idolaters of this world. I'm not talking about them. For then must ye needs go out of the world. You see, he's not talking about them because you literally have to exit the world to get away from them. Mm -hmm. You know, but y'all prayed that. That um, Yahuwah would not take us out of the world, right. but that we would remain in the world, mm -hmm. but not of the world. Right. Amen? Yeah, right. So he didn't want us out the world, you know? And so we have to deal with the fornicators, the, the covetous, the extortioners, um, the idolaters of the world. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to deal with them in the kingdom of Elohim. You know, and this is what Paul is talking about. He goes on in verse 11. He says, but now I have written unto you not to keep company of any man that is called a brother. Be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner. With such and one, no, not to eat. See, it's different with the... Wicked of the world, you expect for them to be sinners. Right. That's what the world do. Mm -hmm. But those who call themselves brethren, those yeah. within the kingdom, no, you're not to associate with them if they're wicked because they're a fraud. Mm -hmm. They're like spies. They're tares amongst the wheat. Mm -hmm. He goes on in verse 12. He says, for what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? What is he talking about without, within? He's talking about without the kingdom of Elohim and those within the kingdom of Elohim. 
He said he doesn't have anything to do with judging those without the kingdom of Elohim, but he do judge them that are within the kingdom of Elohim. You know, these are the ones we supposed to judge. You see someone claiming to be uh, one of our brethren, and you see that he's a fornicator or he covetous or they're an idolater or they're a railer or they're a drunkard or they're an extortioner. You know, you're not, you, don't, you, you shouldn't even break bread with them. You're supposed to judge them. But folks want to run away from that. No, you can't run away from that. That's, that's a part of your duty as a citizen of the kingdom. Verse 13 goes on to say, but them that are without Elohim judging. See, we don't judge them that's of the world. Elohim, Yah, Elohim judgeth them. You know, he says, therefore put away from amongst, from among yourselves that wicked person. You know, you judge those that's within your midst. You judge those that call themselves your brethren and sister. You know, that are wicked. Put them away from you. Can you see that? You're supposed to judge those that's within the kingdom. So hereby we see Apostle Paul laying down the law. Teaching that we are to judge one another of the kingdom of Elohim and commanding that they loose or put away that wicked person from themselves. That is the kingdom of Elohim. You know, and uh, I'm, I know I said that we was going to talk about them being bound, but I didn't realize we didn't get finished loosening them, kicking them <laughs> out of the uh, kingdom. You know, so now we're going to consider one being bound back into the kingdom. Okay, so this is where Apostle Paul told them, hey, Loose him. Loose him from the kingdom. So they loosed him. They, they um, put him out. You know, they put him away. Got him up from out of their midst. But then he turns around in the second letter to the Corinthians. That was the first letter to Corinthians, right? This is the second letter to Corinthians. This is him writing little, a little later on. And he's telling them to bind him, bring him back into the kingdom. You know, um, it's found in verses 4 through 11. It says, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote unto you with many tears. Speaking about his last letter. Not that ye should be grieved, but that ye, shall, that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. But if any have caused grief, he that have grieved me, but in part that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment that was inflicted of many. So he's talking about the punishment where everybody, you know, gave him a big shoe, put him out of the kingdom. See, and like, one of the things you have to understand, you know, like, it, it doesn't translate well in, in, the, um, in the text, but during this time, the believers were being persecuted. So you have to understand the, the, um, the context so that you can see the full picture, you know, of, of what, what it was like. You know, this man was a part of the community of believers. He got big shooed out. He got loosed from, from the assembly of the believers. Now, you know, everybody, you know, uh, that know him probably know him as a believer. Mm -hmm. You know, so now that he get kicked out, you know, I don't care what his profession was. He go to... He go to the, the heathens, mm -hmm. they may not want to deal with him because they know he's a believer. Mm -hmm. You know, not not to mention, you know, they may be after him because they know he's a believer and he doesn't have the refuge of the assembly. Mm -hmm. You know, not to mention, all his clientele was likely within the assembly. You know, so a large portion of his income would be cut off. You know, by not being able to associate with the assembly or being in the assembly, you know. So this is a dynamic that that comes into play that, you know, doesn't make it into the text, you know. Uh, so, you know, but it's a very much a part of the picture so that you can see how torturous, you know, it would have been for him to be put out the assembly. Mm -hmm. You know, now today is, you know, it, it's, it's a bit different dynamics of church on every corner right. you know but back then it wasn't like that because they were illegal right. you know so I, you know I just want to you know fill in some of the gaps so it helps you see a clearer picture you know so uh, Apostle Paul where did I 
um, stop at. Um, we're gonna pick it up with verse six. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which is which was inflicted of many, so that contrarywise ye ought to, rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with over much sorrow. You know, in other words, you know, bring him back in. Don't let him, you know, don't let him get beat up too bad. You know, by Satan. You know, wherefore I beseech you that ye will confirm your love toward him. You know, now have some mercy. For for this end also did I write. That is a course if he repent, you know, and you know, and, and promises not to, you know, continue on in his wicked ways. You know, uh, for to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know, here it is Apostle Paul is telling them that he's test he he was testing them. Mm -hmm. He was testing them to see if they would be obedient. You know, because he were he was their overseer. Mm -hmm. He was the ecclesia, you know, that was that oversaw their assembly. You know, he was the part of the ecclesia that oversaw their assembly. They they were under his charge. You know, and so he said, you know, he was testing them, he was proving them, you know, as to whether or not they would be obedient in all things, because they know that even though this brother was a fornicator, you know, just the you know, from him being in their midst, he know they loved him. You know, just like, you know, those of us here, you know, we become like like a um, small, uh, well, larger family, you know, and, and we love one another, okay. you know. And so, you know, for any one of us to, to have to leave, you know, it's going to tear at the hearts of all of us, you know. And so he goes on in verse 10 to say, to whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. So if y'all forgive them, I forgive them. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it. For your sakes forgave I it in the person of Mashiach. Mm. So can you see, again, he's in the place of Mashiach upon the earth. Mm. Even as Joshua was in the place of Moshe, yeah. you know, um, on the earth. Mm. You know, verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Mm. So... I pray you can see that the Apostle Paul of the Ecclesia of Yahushua Elohim is stating that his authority is as the person of Mashiach. Mm -hmm. You know, now this is where the Catholic Church, you know, get their doctrine mm -hmm. and saying that the Pope is in the place of Mashiach. Mm -hmm. You know, but we know that the Catholic Church isn't the Ecclesia and that they are quite wicked, you know, to say the least. You know, I probably shouldn't have said that, but anyway, it's out there now. It, it's important that you understand that that the spiritual kingdom of Elohim, you know, has has a physical governmental structure on the earth. You know, because so many people think that you know there's no physical structure to the kingdom of Elohim, you know, on the earth, but. You know, in the beginning, it did have a physical structure, and even now it has a physical structure. It's just that the citizens, or would-be citizens of the kingdom, you know, can't see it. They don't. They don't understand it. You know. You know, and and so you know, it is a physical governmental structure on the earth. Even as Israel, they had a physical governmental structure when they entered into the land of Canaan. And it was clear that Joshua was in charge, you know, during that time, even as we just read in, in first, um, the first chapter of Joshua, you know, and I pray that now it's clear that the ecclesia is in charge of Yah's body, in charge of um, the believer as at, the believers at large, you know, so uh, via the, the ecclesia, you know, now. Because a lot of people think that there's no governmental structure, you know, in in the kingdom of Elohim, you know, spiritually speaking, that there's no physical structure, they recognize the kingdoms of the world as their leaders. They look to them for their structure. They look to them to be their their generals, their commanders. To they look to them to be to be their uh, their rulers, if you would. But this should not be. You know, and they pervert scripture to make people think that they're to adhere to the 
kingdoms of this world. That was not Yah's plan. It's never been Yah's plan and it never will be Yah's plan because Yah is the king over his own kingdom. There's no other king that's king over Yah's kingdom. There's no other ale that's ill over God, Yah's kingdom. There's not a pagan God on this planet that can take his place in his kingdom. You know, but people get caught up into the kingdoms of this world and think that they're part of the kingdom of Elohim when they are not. You know, and so... We're going to go over Romans 13, 1 through 3, because this is the, one of the primary passages that they use to teach that you're to adhere to the governments of this world, to the rulers of this world. You know, but I pray that y'all open your eyes today to see that this is not the case. Y'all doesn't care spit about the governments of this world. That's right. He's the king of one kingdom. It's his. You know, one kingdom upon the earth is his. And he's the king of the heavens. But upon the earth, he only has one kingdom. And it's not called the United States. It's not called Europe. It's not called England. It's not called Japan. It's not called China. It's not called Russia or none of the other countries. It's the kingdom of Elohim. A.K.A. the kingdom of heaven. So, let's take a look. Romans 13, 1 through 3, it says, Let every soul be subject unto higher powers. For there is no power but of Elohim. The powers that are ordained of Elohim. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of Elohim. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then be afraid of the power? Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. That is, praise of the power. You know, now they would tell you that these powers are speaking to the ruling classes of the world and the kingdoms of the world. And I'm going to prove to you today that that is not what they're talking about. This word power that's utilized these five times and yet in these only three verses is utilized five times. And this word power is exousia, mm -hmm. number 1849. And it means liberty. Mm -hmm. It speaks to power, but the power as in the right to do something. You know, and it can speak to authority. Um, you know, and that's Thayer's definition. You know, but it's a liberty, it's a liberty or freedom, or the power or right to do something. You know, so this is the type of power it's talking about. You know, and this is the type of authority it's talking about. You know, I have the authority, I have the right to say yes or no. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the type of power it's talking about. It's not talking about the type of power that I have the right or authority to make you do what I say. Right. Hello, somebody. You know, but that's what they would have you believe. But I'm going to prove to you that that's not what y'all meant. Now, this word exousia is from the root um, exist, number 1832. It means to be lawful, to be allowed. There is another word that comes from exousia, which is Exusiazo, number eighteen fifty, and it means to exercise authority over. You know, now this word does mean to make somebody do something or to enforce, you know, some some power or some authority over over someone else. You know, now consider its usage found in Luke twenty two twenty five and twenty six. It says, and he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And they that exercise authority upon, upon them are called benefactors. 
but ye shall not be so. Now he's talking to his disciples and he's, they're talking about this very issue. They're talking about, you know, the ruling class. It says, but ye shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger and he that is chief as he that do serve. Now, it says here, you know, and he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over. Now, exercise lordship over is translated from one word in the Greek, and that's curio. And it's number 2961. It means to be lord of. It means to rule, to have dominion over. You know, now this does mean, you know, someone is ruling over someone else. It's not just, you know, a right to do something. No, this is, this is someone who's ruling over. Had they have dominion, you know, to rule, you know, and to lord over something. Hence, it's translated lordship over. But that's not the word that is used in Romans 13, right? You know, now, 1850 does, in fact, mean to exercise authority over in that same manner, you know, and this is what's translated. Uh, was translated from, from there in Luke twenty two twenty five. It says, and they that exercise authority upon. You know, so that's exousiazo. Okay? Exousiazo. You know, and it says they are called benefactors. So benefactors, you know, there are, there are government officials who in, help enforce the governmental decrees, the governmental laws. You know, so they help the government to rule over people. Hmm. Everybody with me? Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to continue on. Mark 10, 42 through 45. It says, But Yahushua called unto them and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are counted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship um, over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister and whosoever you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all for even the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister to give his life a ransom for many now again Yahshua is talking about his ecclesia and he's talking about the type of rule that they are to have in the kingdom of Elohim and this type of rule is what you call titular. It's in name only. You know, they don't have the power to enforce it. Now, he's, he's given a contrast with what the Gentiles do, right? He says, they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles, you know, they exercise lordship. You know, and this word lordship, you know, is, uh, which is, uh, is actually, uh, I didn't put the, the the word there. Um, I'm sorry. Let me see. Did I put it over here? Uh, yeah. I, I, it's and may I don't think it's curio. Uh, I think it's no. It's kata curio. You know. So uh, twenty six thirty four. I'm pretty sure it's kata curio. You know. Uh, and it's number 2634 Katakurio and it means to lord against that is control subjugate to bring under one's power to subdue so this clearly speaks to lordship and dominion right Mm -hmm. you know and so Yah is contrasting the rulers over the Gentiles with the rulers over his kingdom so again his kingdom has rulers Mm -hmm. physical rulers on the earth this is what I'm trying to get you to see. And those physical rulers is what make up the ecclesia. Mm-hmm. Those physical rulers is not what make up the president's cabinet. Right. You got to see this. It's not what make up the governors of the states. It's not what make up the mayors of the cities. Right. You know, this is not what he's talking about. He's talking about his governmental rule versus the governmental rule of the worlds, mm-hmm. of the kingdoms of the world those that rule over the Gentiles. He says they exercise lordship, um, curio, and I'm sorry. Oh, I thought somebody said something. 
Alright, and it means to lord against, that is to control, to subjugate, to bring under one's power to subdue or master. Alright, that's not what he wants us to do. But he says, whosoever will be great among us shall be your minister. And whosoever the chiefest shall be the servant of all. You know, so if you want a good good position, you know what to do. Right? Begin ministering and start serving. Now, we're going to take a look at one more example. It's found in Matthew Yahoo, chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. It says, But Yahshua called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and that they are great, and, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. So he's saying their leaders, you know, the princes, you know, and the great leaders that, that's over the Gentiles, they exercise dominion over them. This word dominion again is katakurio and it means to lord against that is to control to subjugate to bring one under one's power to subdue to master over the um the master them, you know and so you know he said this is what they do and them that are great exercise authority and this word authority is kata exuziazo number 2715 and it means to to have a will full privilege over so again you're talking about you know they have their way with the people. They control them. They subjugate them. Mm. Amen. Mm. You know, so you have to you have to see you have to see this. You know, so he goes on in verse twenty six. It says, "But it shall not be among you." Mm. Speaking about his ecclesia, speaking yeah. about his governmental mm -hmm. structure. But whosoever will be great among you, mm -hmm. let him be your minister. Mm -hmm. And whosoever be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Can you see that? You know, so he's contrasting these things, you know, this, this type of control, this type of, you know, making people do things to the rulers of his kingdom who don't do that. They just, you know... They're, they're, yes, they're rulers. They're counted rulers in his kingdom. But they don't have control over the people. They are counted rulers in his kingdom, you know, but they still serve the people of the kingdom. You know, they're counted, you know, great in his kingdom, yet they still minister to the people of the kingdom. I pray you can see that. That's huge. You know, um,. Those are the same passages, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, that's some kind of repeat. Um, all right. It should now be clear that Romans 1 through 3 is not referring to any governments that exercise authority over its citizens. You know, if this were the intent of this passage, the author surely would have used either exusiazo, curio, kata curio, or kata exusiazo. All of which exclusively mean to rule or lord over instead of exousia, which speaks to one's lawful right to choose. Mm -hmm. You know, you got you have a lawful right to choose to follow Yah mm -hmm. or to follow man. Mm -hmm. You can follow Yah's commandments, words, and sayings, or you can follow man's commandments, words, and sayings. Mm -hmm. You have the right to choose. Mm -hmm. Now which one you choose is up to you. Mm -hmm. You can choose whichever one you want. You can choose to follow man and the kingdoms of, the, of this world, or you can choose to follow Yah and the kingdom of Elohim. They both have rulers in place. The world's rulers make you do as they say. Yah's rulers... Just tell you what Yah says. They don't make you do anything. You have a right to, to break the rules. You know, but you don't have a right to choose your own consequences. <laughs> Say lots. You know, and everyone's going to go before the judge one day. Amen? Amen. You know, now, so it speaks to a one's lawful right to choose not to mention this directly contradicts Yahshua's commands to not rule according to these methods you know so so Romans 13 1 through 3 cannot be talking about this type of rule because it goes against his commandments that his governments are not to do that 
his ruling class is not to do that. Yahshua said his ecclesia will make up the rulers of the kingdom of Elohim on earth. And that they are to be as the younger. Remember that? The younger, which identifies with the one that is that has the least authority. The youngest one in the house has the least authority, even as the baby of the family, who is the youngest of the family, is subjugated to all within the family. Even the kids boss them around. You know? Likewise, Yahshua said that the rulers of his kingdom must be as the minister and servants of the world. You know, they're, they're the minister and servants. I'm sorry, it shouldn't be of the world, but the minister and servants of the kingdom of Elohim. You know, in other words, their rule is without authority. That is without power to enforce or, or exact obedience. Nevertheless, they are the rightful rulers of Yah's kingdom. And everyone that offends them will have to answer to Yah one day. Mm -hmm. That's all I have for today. Pray with the blessing. Yeah, yeah. All right, at this time we'll take any questions.